Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It's Monday, December 11th, 2023. Our Congregation of Prayer this day, morning, noon, or night, whenever you're listening or watching, uh, will jump over into the um, narrative history of the birth of Christ. But of course, we can't just go straight to Jesus. We have to go to the one whom the Lord gave to prepare his way, and that would be John the Baptist, which is our consideration for our midweek services throughout Advent, um, but also today with the birth announced to Gabriel. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm this week is Psalm 50. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. I give your mouth free rein for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother, you slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself. But now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart, and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, we'll talk about the psalm as we go through the week. Uh, it's a pretty intense psalm, isn't it? Right, it comes right before Psalm 51, which is uh, the psalm, psalm of repentance of David um, after his uh, adultery with Bathsheba and murder of Uriah and the whole deal. All right, and uh, you see, what does God require of us and also uh, the fallacy of our our own covenants with the Lord, the way that we uh, make agreements with God. How does that actually go? Uh, not well. Uh, one other thing I wanted to note here at the beginning, you'll note that um, 
some echoes of what we saw in Ezekiel, right? Or Ezekiel echo, is echoing the psalm. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. There it is, God shines forth. The glory of the Lord uh, shone around them. Of course, that ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus. Um, you'll see an echo of our um, our reading for Bible study in Ezekiel as well here in Matthew 24. I told you that uh, that section at the beginning of Ezekiel 43 is significant in the life of the church, and here it is. Again, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Matthew 24, verses 27 and 44. That's an inclusio. So you have the beginning of uh, the pericope, verse 27, and then the end, verse 44. Um, That's something to note, as we've seen in Psalms, so you see here, is that often the central theme um, is echoed at the beginning and the end, and also probably um, in the middle as well. We talked about that yesterday with Ezekiel 40 through 42, having the same sort of thing, the altar's at the center. Worked our way in to to the altar and then back out from the altar. Our catechism this week is the Lord's Prayer, the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Okay, our first reading is from Daniel 9, and this will be um, a helpful background actually for our reading for catechesis as well. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have come now, or I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. Street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome times. And after sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, until the end of the war of desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant for many, or with many, for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, until, or even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. All right, this is a central prophetic text, um, but the reason we're reading it isn't so much for the prophecy, but for uh, the hour of prayer at the beginning. So we have the evening offering being offered by, by um, Daniel, and at the evening offering, while he's offer, confessing his sin and the sin of the people Israel and pre- presenting it in prayer before the Lord God, while he's speaking, angel Gabriel appears. 
This is all echoes of what hap will happen with Zechariah in our text today. He's offering the evening sacrifice, or the evening offering, and then um, he's praying for his sins and for the sins of the people. This is what you did. Um, and so, uh, obviously, the prophecy is a, a prophecy, perhaps, of the um, interregnum, that time between um, the last prophet Malachi and the coming of John the Baptist, but then also of, of the Messiah, the Prince, uh, Jesus, and uh, how he is cut off, in other words, is crucified for the sins of the people. But in the midst of that one week, he makes an end of sacrifice by offering himself uh, before the Father as the once and for all sacrifice for sins, right? Um, and so that's why uh, you'll, you'll want to keep this in mind when you hear um, Jesus say, uh, uh, when you see these things taking place, the abomination of desolations in the holy place. And uh, even <clears throat> Matthew records there, let the reader understand which means you're you're supposed to be oh yeah abomination of desolations that's as the prophet Daniel oh yes let's go read Daniel nine again or let's remember what Daniel is speaking of because Jesus and the evangelist is thus saying it is being fulfilled right that one week is Holy Week anyway all right <clears throat> excuse me our reading for catechesis then is from Luke chapter one beginning in verse five there was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. All right. So who was Zechariah or Zechariah? It says he's a priest, a certain priest of the division of Abijah, right? And his wife's name is, of course, Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth is also of the priestly class. She's of the house of Aaron. What Old Testament couple in particular does this remind us of? Old, unable to conceive a child. Uh, that would be Abraham and Sarah, right? You might also think of Elkanah and Hannah, perhaps, although that's probably more directly connected to Jesus. 
Hannah uh, being young, not old, right? So Abraham and Sarah, old. So what is really um, Luke telling us about uh, Jeremiah and and Elizabeth? Not Jeremiah, excuse me, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Sorry, in verse six, they're saying they're righteous before God, walking in all the commandments of the Lord. All right. So what does that mean? Righteous before God, walking in the commandments of the Lord. That would be um, that they lived by or justified by grace through faith alone. Here, just read. Uh, uh, Genesis 15 with Abraham, um, and the Lord accounted it to him as righteousness. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you are saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. Um, or even Romans 3, that one's not coming to memory here. Let me hold on. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart uh, from the deeds of the law. Apart from the deeds of the law. All right. So what was Zechariah doing then in verse 8 through 10? And this is where that Daniel 9 text is so important. All right, he's serving as a priest in the temple. You also could get this from Exodus 30. All right, um, here, Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. When he tends to the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it or a burnt offering or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. This is the altar of incense. And Aaron shall make atonement Upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. All right, so his job at twilight, according um, to the Levitical order in Exodus, is to light the lamps um, at twilight and then to burn incense um, in the temple. Okay? All right. Uh, also, what was Daniel praying for? And here, that's where the Daniel text is really helpful. There he's, he's offering uh, prayers of supplication for his own sins for forgiveness of sins for himself and for the people. There's another text, actually, that we might want to look at. And here um, would be Exodus 25. Yeah, there's the golden lampstand. All right, you shall make the lampstand of pure gold. Lampstand shall be of hammered work. Its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs, and its flowers all of one piece. All right, so William Blake, the artist here, tried to picture that lampstand. Right, isn't that incredible? Yeah, it's something else, isn't it? All right. Uh, three bowls made like almond blossoms on one branch, ornamental flower, etc., etc. All right, so you can go look at that, Exodus 25, beginning in verse 31. There's your lampstand. All right, so he's confessing the sins of Israel, praying for the Messiah, the Prince, to come, all right, according to the Lord's promise, which, of course, is true, but what additional gift is going to be given to Zechariah here, of course? Don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard for the Messiah, for forgiveness, because also you're going to receive a son, all right? God taking away the reproach uh, upon your wife and you. And you're to call his name John. John will be like, according to here, in the spirit and power of Elijah, right? Preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins, right? Turning the disobedient to wisdom of the just, of the righteous, all right? Um, how would Zechariah be silenced? Or why would Zechariah be silenced? Because, of course, he says, I don't believe you. <laughs> how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Right? So the angel is like, look, I came from God. I am from God. You even confess that. You acknowledge that. Um, and yet you don't believe the word that I give. Right? Um, so I'm going to give you some time to think about it. <laughs> Nine months uh, where you won't be able to serve as priest, not being able to speak. And uh, we'll have to consider uh, maybe how uh, the words that I spoke from, say, quoting Malachi chapter 3, right? Uh, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the power and spirit of Elijah. We'll hear that uh, Wednesday night. We'll hear from Malachi 3 for our first reading. Uh, but also maybe the way that you and your wife <coughs> resemble 
uh, Abraham and Sarah and how I kept my promise to them and gave them um, that of the seed line of you know Isaac and Jacob are all within the the, the promise line and uh, this your son is going to be the forerunner for that promise so um, he will come to faith he will come to believe no doubt as he saw uh, his wife uh, showing you know after a few months uh, here though it says she hid herself for five months so she confesses two things <clears throat> and I'm not sure about the hiding although I think we'll see that tomorrow that the God that God had looked upon her with favor he's dealt with me or looked to me and he's taken away the reproach, my reproach of not having children. Um, to not bear children is, is seen as a judgment of God, which is why um, it's so bizarre that um, today, culturally, it's accepted idea that we would um, we would not willingly have children. This is a gift from God, right? And then uh, to say to God, uh, no, I don't want your gifts, um, I don't think is probably a pleasant game. And actually, those who want to bear children, not being able to conceive, husband and wife, um, you know, is, is a difficulty too. There's an excellent book on this I can um, share with you if you'd like. It's called He Remembers the Baron. It's written by a classmate's uh, wife, a friend of mine, uh, Katie Sherman, and uh, I can share that with you if you want. There's other resources too, um, if you like. He Remembers the Baron, as he does here for Elizabeth. All right, so to summarize, the symbol for Luke's gospel is a winged bull, which illustrates his theme of sacrifice and Christ's fulfillment of the law. Luke also stresses that the preaching of repentance and the forgiveness of sins is the message of the church. And this word is the greatest treasure, for it reveals and bestows upon us Christ. The opening of the gospel presents Zacharias and Elizabeth, who received the gift of a son, like Abraham and Sarah did. It indicates that God was remembering his promise to his people, just as the name Zechariah, the Lord remembers, or Yahweh remembers, proclaims. Yahweh remembers. That's what his name means. Zechariah failed to believe that the Messiah was going to come, and he was silenced until his son came as a sign of the fulfillment of the promise. It's always the word of promise which faith keeps and holds fast. Which is interesting, since it says they were righteous before the Lord, and blameless, and then when God speaks a word of uh, a gift here, a big word of promise to them, um, then uh, his righteousness fails for a moment. All right. But the Lord will work repentance and forgiveness of sins, even in Zechariah. To the, uh, the ministry of John, uh, we hear our Old Testament text for this coming Sunday from Isaiah 40, but in hymn form, comfort, comfort ye my people. Uh, I want you to focus especially on verses 1 and 2 this week, which we'll do this morning.
each dark message, all that well deserved his anger. He no more will see or heed. She has suffered many hard days. No, her griefs have passed away. God will change her pining sadness into half her springing gladness. All right. Do we have a commemoration today? I forgot to check. No, we do not. I don't believe so anyway. I should probably double check my book. Hold on. Because I think for some reason my calendar is not always telling me about commemorations. Let's see, we missed. Oh yeah, it's not. What happened to my commemorations? I don't know. Well, the next one is Lucia. That's on Wednesday. All right, good. Let's continue with prayer. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, you generously give daily bread to us and even to all evil people without our prayers. You richly and daily provide us with everything that we need to support us in our body and life. Lead us to realize this, that we might receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving with those who celebrated their birthday yesterday, Don and Jim, um, Lisa and Michael celebrating their birthday today. Pray for the households of our church, especially this week with Donnie, or Dan and Bonnie, excuse me, uh, Christine, Dick and Corey, Wendy, Jerry and Marcella, and Jim. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Christopher, Sophie, and Brad, Ron, Carol, Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Owen, and Wendell, Merlin, Jolene, and District President Willie. We pray for our homebound, Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Paul, Dolores, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially uh, this month with the place of refuge. And we pray for all those grieving, especially the family and friends of Walt. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that is our congregation of prayer for this day. Um, I hope uh, it's been a blessing to you, an encouragement to hear the Lord keeping his promises and sending John to prepare the way that we would live the life of repentance unto the forgiveness of sins, which is really the ministry of John's repentance. 
not just to show us the horror of our sins, but to point us to Christ. And we'll hear more about that as we go uh, through the season. All right, so God be with you all. Um, Keep you safe, and I hope to see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.